Hello and welcome to Behind the Health Statistic. My name's Ricky Hellier and I'm a lecturer at Cardiff University School of Healthcare Sciences. In this episode, I'll be talking to Debbie Kramer about her experience of living with COPD. So what is COPD? COPD stands for Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease and it's the name of a group of lung conditions that cause breathing difficulties that gradually worsen over time and limit a person's activities. Uh, These disorders include emphysema, which has damaged the alveoli or the air sacs within the lungs, and chronic bronchitis, which is a long-term inflammation of the lungs. It is a common condition and we estimate there's around about 3 million people in the UK who've got COPD. Around about 2 million of them we think are undiagnosed. Prevalence does increase with age and most people are not diagnosed until they're in their 50s and we see significant geographical variations across the United Kingdom and it is closely associated with levels of deprivation. The main cause is smoking but sometimes people can be affected and they've never smoked. Some cases of COPD are caused by long-term exposure to harmful fumes or dust and others result of a genetic problem which means the lungs are vulnerable to damage. So how do we control it? Well the main way is stopping smoking if you can. We also use inhalers and medicines to make breathing easier, and we can use pulmonary rehabilitation. But Debbie will talk to you about other strategies that she's used today. The outlook for COPD varies from person to person, and it can't be cured or reversed, but many people can keep it under control so it doesn't severely limit their daily activities. But unfortunately, in some people, COPD will get worse, and eventually they'll have to have significant interventions, and it will significantly impact on their quality of life. Morning, Deb. Hello there. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Good, good, good. So before we start then, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, um, you know, it could be anything really, where you live, where you grew up. Right, grew up in Haverford West, small town in Pembrokeshire. Um, we started smoking young, very young. How young's young, Deb? Oh... <laughs> If I tell you I was caught smoking on my first day in secondary modern. Never. (laughs) Twelve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody, everybody was. So, uh, yeah. So do you remember starting smoking then? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't take it in at first. It was just, you know. Put it in the mouth and blow out, like, but... Yeah. But it's one of those things everyone was doing then, in those days, yeah? Yes, it was, yeah, wherever you went. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because you don't... It's funny, because i got three daughters, and then the eldest one, a few years ago, we were down uh, the supermarket, and she saw some young, I suppose, teenagers having a fag. Yeah. And she said, well, what's that they're doing? And it's weird, because... Even growing up, I, I saw everyone, you don't see it as much anymore, do you? No, you don't. A lot of it is outside now, where before it was all inside in the nightclubs, in the in the pubs, everywhere you went, you, you know, people were smoking. Yeah, yeah. So it was just norm. Yeah. You know what, what, when you started smoking it, and did you sort of know that it could have an adverse effect on your health, or...? Not really, no. It was just... The thing to do so you I suppose at that age you don't even think about what it's what it's going to do or how addictive it could be really yeah 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 so it's like it's it's weird isn't it, with smoking you get that physical addiction but it's it's like you said everyone was doing it that social thing as well isn't it yeah yeah definitely and it's almost like the, the, the peer thing isn't it you know 
Yeah, if you didn't have a cigarette to offer other people, you felt out of it. It was, you know, you had to have your cigarettes there to offer around. Everybody would pass their cigarettes around and it was, I don't know, it was just part of the thing. Can I just stop for a minute? Yeah. Nigel's still here. I feel a bit funny. Oh, is it? That's all right. No. <laughs> no worries. Just kick him out. Kick him out. So, um, when did it sort of like your your, your chest complaint? How, how did it sort of come about? Well, I think I was probably in late twenties, and I I had a chest infection that went on and on. And it was around Christmas and New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's, and the medical centers were shut. So I didn't get antibiotics or anything for it. And then I, when I eventually got in to see the doctor, because there was a, a wait, it had taken hold and I needed Ventolin. So first of all, that's all I was on was, was Ventolin. Um, which seemed fine for a few years. Um, I suppose as I got older, the in chest infections got worse and I ended up on uh, Ventolin and Becatide. Um, and then uh, gradually it, it just got worse and worse. Yeah? Yeah, until yeah. It, I was told that uh, it had turned into COPD. I mean, I was walking the dog and old people were coming up and asking me, because I'm going back now 10 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old people were coming up and saying, are you all right? And I was going, yeah, I just got a chest infection. But walking him, I'd have to stop and sit at every bench. I felt like I was losing air from the middle of my core, just felt like everything was coming out of me and I was gonna faint. Yeah. And that's when they, they put me on, she did say then I, my asthma had turned to COPD and put me on the proper medication, which of course I was better then. But um, when I do get chest infections, it, it is, I need steroids and I... Yeah. Yeah. How, how does it sort of make you feel though? Because it's like you said, with all people coming up to you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Terrible, embarrassed. I was absolutely mortified with embarrassment. And I would hope and pray that I wouldn't see anybody that I knew that wanted to walk with me and talk with me at the same time, because I just wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. And I think it took me a while to actually go to the doctor and, and say, because I just thought it was asthma and it was a bit out of control and I kept trying to control it myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So, um, so, it was like exercise you noticed that was making it your chest getting what sort of things make your chest feel bad then um nothing really it, it can be triggered by anything like i say if i get a cold it'll go on the chest or i do find exercise helps i find even in the lockdown i've been walking the dog twice a day because i'm afraid if i stop exercising my lungs yeah you know that that would be the end so I've, I do like to keep walking. Yeah. And I, I do think it helps. I'm also on a salt pipe. All right. Tell me about that. Well, it's, it's a 
Cisco original salt pipe, which is salt crystals in a ceramic pipe. Yeah. And you use it for 15 minutes a day. If you buy the, the one I buy, it costs twenty six ninety nine, and on fifteen minutes a day, it lasts five years. Never. Which I find online. Was it? Yeah, Judy happened to see it in a in a pub in town, which is also a shop, the George, and they're quite esoteric, and they were advertising this salt pipe, and it's actually for people who have smoked and have got asthma and COPD and and things like that. And I touch wood, I have found that that has helped me no end. I found within three days, just going by walking the dog, in three days, I was whizzing round. Never. But honestly, instead of having to stop and start and stop and start, I was whizzing round. Yeah, yeah. Cause I've, ne I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. I'll have to look it up after this interview and yes, stuff. Yes, Cisco. Cisco, the original, I think it's Scandinavian or Swiss or something, salt pipe. Oh, is it? All right. Oh, that's cool then, yeah. So have you told you, you're, you're like, your GP? My asthma nurse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, your asthma nurse, yeah. Yeah, I have told her. And what did, she, what did the, they say? Well, they said she couldn't believe how I went from almost steroid dependent having, I don't know how many sets of steroids a year, to having it maybe once a year. That's really interesting, isn't it? The oxygen level in my body went up. Um, yeah, it is. I do go through phases still. At the minute, my chest isn't right. Yeah. I'm okay now. But somehow in the evening time, it seems to, it seems to be a couple of hours where I can't control it much. And that's just happening now this last week. Yeah. So whether something, whether I'm getting a cold or whether it's just, I don't know. And it, it could pass. Yeah. But yeah, this, she couldn't believe. Yeah. How much better I was. Like I say, from having steroids maybe five, six times a year to having them once a year. Yeah, yeah. But you, you've got a bit of a family history. Your, your, your mum had chest problems as well, yeah? She did. She had asthma, but I was told in the last year of her life, and I often wonder, has it affected me and my sister, that she, even though she was being treated with asthma and died of pneumonia, she said she had TNT poisoning. What poisoning, sorry? TNT. Was it? That's what one doctor told me, a young female doctor. She said she won't be here for more than a year. And she said, where did she work in the war? And she said, don't tell me. I know she worked in the bomb factory. And she said, what she has had is TNT poisoning. Never. And apparently one of the things my mother used to say, she was blonde and her hair went brassy. And apparently that's the first sign that TNT is in in your system, it makes your hair go brassy. Oh my God. It's because there is things, you know, like, you know, occupation and stuff. Doesn't half affect people's health. And they, they, I don't think a lot of people get it. You know, you get it in a lot of the mining communities about, you know, chest problems. And yeah. Well, I was told that um, using a lot of bleach and I've always cleaned and I have used bleach. I mean, by the gallon when I was cleaning a nightclub. 
I, you know, throwing it around walls and with yeah, no yeah. face covering or anything like that. It was just breathing it in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, like you talked about like, you, you have like certain times in the evening. What would be like a healthy day for you now? Where would you feel, or a healthy week or a healthy period where you think, you know, I, I feel good today, I feel good. And how does that compare to how you felt years ago, you know? Well, I'm, I'm lucky that most days I am, like I say, when I get up, of course I need to use my sprays and get my chest sorted. But yeah. once that's sorted, I can usually carry on and it is a good day. And like I say, this last week or so, the evening for some reason, the time I need to use my Ventolin, I use it. And for some reason, I seem to get worse for a couple of hours until I use my, it's not Becketide that I'm on now. It's another one. I can't remember the flipping name of it. But sub no, it's not Salbutalone, that's Ventolin. Anyway, I need to Dimbacort? use Dimbacort? No. no. <laughs> okay. It's in a white thing, that's all I know, with the purple lid. Yeah, but, yeah. And I use the, the capsules, the powder capsules in the morning, the 24-hour one. Yeah. Um, but like I say, for most of the day, and when I'm really good, I can be good all day. It's just now and again, you get those slumps, I suppose. Yeah. Where you think, oh God, you know, yeah. why did I smoke? Why can't I give up smoking? And So you're still smoking then, yeah? I'm still smoking. I've had tablets, like the Shampax or whatever they were. Yeah. I'm supposed to stop the, oh. No, I, I never once woke up thinking I don't want to smoke, but I did wake up thinking I'm going to kill somebody today if they annoy me. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> and the other one they gave me, I was allergic to. I came out in a rash all over. And I've been hypnotised, I don't know how many times I've had. I've done acupuncture, I've tried cold turkey. I've... Yeah. 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 So is, do you smoke as much as you used to, or is it sort of... Well, I, I used to smoke cigarettes, manufactured cigarettes. Now I smoke really some very <laughs> tiny, teeny little things. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably smoke more of those, but less than I would. It's less tobacco than in the, the manufactured cigarettes, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So have they been, like, as, as you're, like, asthma nurse and your, your GP and all that, have they been helpful in trying to... I, you said you've tried lots of different ways. Are they still encouraging you to give up smoking and stuff, or is it just accepted? Well, I only ever see the asthma nurse about my my chest. I don't see my GP about that. Um, yes, she she actively encourages me to give up. Of course she does. Yeah. But she she also tries not to nag, because she was a smoker, and she said the more people nagged her about it, the more she'd just want a cigarette and say, get off my back. And So she tries not to nag me about it. That's she... really interesting. That's really interesting. <laughs> it's, I suppose it's, uh, I don't know, because one of the questions we always ask, and or we try and ask in this interview is, is um, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who's learning to become a healthcare professional? And not nagging. <laughs> it's just... 
yeah, it's it's true because I used to go to my GP, who I'm not complaining about, but he used to put a lot of things down to smoking. And and then he'd say, look over there back, and he'd, he'd put a card in my bag for smoking cessation classes. And I don't need to tell you that, you know, your nasal passages are probably inflamed because you smoke. And I knew it wasn't that. I've never had my nasal passages inflamed from smoking. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like he was blaming everything on the smoking and, and wouldn't listen about my symptoms because everything came back to smoking. Yeah. So, yeah, it used to annoy me. Yeah, yeah. I used to go out and the first thing I'd do when I opened the doors was have a cigarette, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's my dummy. That's, that's my child's dummy. That's my... Absolutely. And even though you know it's killing you, it's, I cannot, cannot give up. Yeah, yeah. And that's an awful thing to say. I mean, people say it's easier to come off heroin than it is cigarettes, so I don't, I don't know. It's massively addictive, Deb. It's massively addictive. And, you know, you, you can't beat yourself up about it, you know? It, it's, it's really difficult, really difficult to come off it. Well, this, this is what happens when you're continually trying to give up, as you fail again. And you fail and you fail and you fail and that's all you feel like in the end is that you're failing at everything. Yeah. And in the end, you, you've got to say, I can't, because you, you are beating yourself up about it. You know, Judy goes on about it. My sister, she goes on about it. And when she goes, I just want to slam the door and light a cigarette and say, this is my life. Yeah, 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 I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But... It is something that annoys me and gets to me as well. And that's perhaps why I don't always like the outside because it hits a nerve, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So is, is your sort of like COPD, is it sort of like stable now? Is it? At the moment, yeah, it's, for a couple of years, it's been fairly stable. If I get a chest infection, then I know all about it. And like I said, it's a week on steroids and three days on antibiotics. And so, which make me, I have to stay in bed with those antibiotics because they play hell with me. Yeah. Really, really bad stomach. Feel like you can't be far away from the loo. Um, tired, you know, sick feeling. So I try very hard not to take them. Yeah. I just try and use the steroids. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, for the most part, and I still say thank God to the, for the salt bite, I think it's it's pretty stable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, in terms of, like, um, they're giving you, um, like, medication to help with stuff, is there any other things you've ever been offered, like support groups or anything like that? Or um, No, I was offered a, a place in the gym to try and, strengthen the lungs um it was called easy line and you you do slow and quick and slow and quick um that was for copd and for lungs yeah um i haven't had that for a while that was a few years ago like obviously gyms are shut now in any way but yeah um 
it did seem to help. It, like I said, I do think exercise and, and using your lungs does help. Yeah. But if you see me coming up, that we've got in town 155 steps that go from the river in our town to the parade where I walk the dog. Well, if you see me walking up there, my, I need an oxygen tent by the time I get to the top, you know. I've got to stop about five times. Yeah. And the worst thing is, if there's a kid coming up behind you of about 16, 17, you think, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get to the top and you're like, <laughs> and it's really, really, you feel like your lungs are going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not pleasant. It's not. And I know I'm laughing, but no, it's not pleasant. No, no. To know that... Uh, I mean, I'm 61, but for the last 10 years, really, I my I haven't been able to do the things that I would like to do and feel like it's it stopped me doing things, even work, even work. Yeah. 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 So, what sort of things do you feel like it stops you doing? What was the the work? Well, I worked in Morrison's. And it was the first job I had for a while. I've, like I said, I've done a lot of cleaning. I was housekeeping in Druidston Hotel by us. Um, I worked in a leader print with my sister, collating and, and things there. Cleaned a nightclub. That was just an extra sort of job. Yeah. But when I worked in Morrison's, all the other jobs were for personal people, you know, they weren't companies and organizations. Jane Bell owned the hotel. You were um, answerable to her, not a corporation. Yeah. In Morrison's, because I'd been in my own bubble for a while, when I started working Morrison's, people were coming in sniffling coughing, blah, blah, blah. And within six weeks, I was off with a chest infection which I didn't get rid of properly because I didn't want to stay off work. Yeah. So I gave it the two weeks and went back. And within four weeks, I was worse. And when I went back to work, they told me that if I was sick again in the next year, they would either sack me or put me out to do the trolleys. Mm. And... Like I said, the, the, when they hired me, the year they hired me was asthma charity was their chosen charity of that year. Yeah, yeah. And in the interim, because I, I started not long before Christmas, after that, it seemed to be a completely different story. So I found another job, which was in an old people's home. Yeah. So... Uh, that's what stops me really from, because I know at some point I'm going to let them down with, with my health. You know, I may need three or four weeks to get over things. So it does stop me working. Yeah. I think it's, it's I think it's sometimes and talk to people with, with um, you know, different conditions and that it's, it's not just like that physical thing, is it? People no, it's don't... a mental block. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and even like the social thing, like you said, of, of having to think about where you work and and things like that, you know, it, it impacts everywhere really, doesn't it, you know? It does impact, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. So I don't want to keep you too long. So I can ask you this last question now, because um, a lot of like sort of, uh, you know, student uh, 
healthcare professionals will be listening to this. What sort of what thinking about your dealings with healthcare? What bit of advice would you give them, or what do you think makes a good healthcare professional? I think somebody who will look into alternatives. Okay. Um, and try and understand perhaps the reasons behind why people who, who like me smoke and continue to smoke. Um, instead of trying to hone in on, got to give up smoking, you've got to give up smoking, try and understand the reasons behind it, try and get to the bottom of that. And like I say, with the salt pipe, it's to me, it's so cheap and it's so easy to try. Yeah. But I think alternative routes should be gone down as well as the the natural sort of steroidy sprays. It's the traditional or as medicine. well as yeah, or as well as. All right. Oh yeah, that's really cool. That's really interesting, Deb. Right. All right. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's been really interesting talking to you. Uh, yeah, thanks ever so much for sharing, Deb. So a massive thank you to Debbie for sharing her story with us today. Um, I'm sure you'll agree it was really insightful. For more information on COPD, please look at the NHS website or nice.org. And thank you for listening.